All right, so I want everyone to go ahead and take out your Bible. Are there any farmers in the room? Are there any, any farmers, like actual farmers? Like it's your occupation to be a farmer? Is there anybody? Was anybody grow up on a farm? Like you were in the family of a farmer. One, two, okay. Okay, if I say anything about farming that's inaccurate, just know that I am not a professional farmer, but I'm going to talk about some farming principles tonight, okay? Going into the new year. Does anybody get kind of nervous as you start a new year? You feel like, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready. Does anybody feel that way? Is it just me? You? Yeah. Uh, some of, you know, we... we ha- just another year, another day. Huh? Taxes, yes. Yeah, how you ended the year financially may have you on edge. I don't know. So when we go into a new year, we all have things we want to see happen. But did you know that God has told us all how to directly affect the results of our upcoming year? He has, see, it's, it's interesting, um, and, and we know this, you guys aren't that basic, but um, God gives us principles in the Bible, I want to highlight some of those tonight, that we can look at, we can read, and if we live by those principles, there are some predictable results that we can see in our life, okay? Uh, and, and that's what I'm talking about, some farming principles. Uh, the passage I want you to look up, if you can, if you can get your Bible out, or pull it up on your phone. It's Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, uh, starting in verse number 7. And you all are not getting your Bibles out because I already put it on paper for you. Amen. So tonight's lesson is called Farming Principles, Four Laws of Sowing and Reaping that Every Christian Should Know. What sort of results would you like to see in your life? It's a lot to do with sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Now, before we get into sowing and reaping, I, I want to get to where did this, where did it all start? The, the sowing and reaping. Uh, we read the passage. Uh, go ahead and turn your Bible. I want you actually want you to turn to Genesis chapter three. And I didn't put the verses on here because I really want us to get there and look there. Genesis chapter three. So we we are in our main passage, and he talked about whatsoever a man soweth. Man or woman soweth, that shall he also reap. What is sowing? Planting. 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 Uh, those that grew up on farms, what did you plant? Was it, were you like crop farmers? or dairy, but corn and soybeans. Corn, soybeans, melons. Oh, that sounds good. All right. So you plant, you sow. And then reaping, what's that? Describe it to me. That's right. So uh, tonight we're going to see four laws of sowing and reaping. When we talk about laws, uh, we did this incredible study in our life group. Uh, It was called the Four Laws of Love. And I I love it. these biblical laws about marriage. And when you describe laws, they're like the way things work, the way things operate. It's... um, it's a rule of thumb. It's like this is how, it's not just like a good idea and it's not a suggestion. It's not a, well, it's kind of the truth. A law is, it's like this is the way it is, like the law of gravity, right? Um, it's, it's just, that's just the way God made it to be. God designed it that way. And in Genesis 3.14, 
uh, there's this introduction to this sowing and reaping concept. I want to read it to you. Uh, Genesis 3.14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Does anybody like snakes? Anybody have a pet snake? No? You're not willing to admit that? Good. You shouldn't have one. You do? All right. Two, three. Three snakes. The cursed snake right here. Um, verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. What a curse. Childbearing. Okay, this blessing and curse. Okay, I'm just trying to make it lighthearted. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat the bread, eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So we have these perfect, wonderful people. Adam and Eve, right? And they're in the garden, and they decided to eat of the tree, which God said, don't eat of the tree. The day you eat thereof, you'll surely die, right? They get this, they eat, and here's the consequences. This is a first example of sowing and reaping, and it's interesting that the consequence for Adam, he says, you are going to uh, eat of the ground. You, the ground is going to be cursed. It's going to bring up thorns and thistles, and you're going to have to sweat and work and plant, and grow your food, and eat thereof. That's like part of the curse, this sowing and reaping. It, it started here, uh, we see it like spiritually speaking, and we see it like literally with the ground, what he was meant to do. This idea that there's a cause, there's an effect, there's an action, and sometimes there's a consequence. There's a, uh, something you do, and something that happens as a result of what you do. It's sowing and reaping. And this concept, is, uh, it's, it's really found throughout the Bible. In Proverbs 13, it's found there uh, in verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. So I, I really like to be wise this year. Well, you spend time with wise people, you will be wise. It's, uh, it's that cause and effect, that sowing and reaping. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. That's the reason why, you know, you should care about who your kids spend time with and who you spend time with and who you listen to and what you watch. That's sowing and reaping. The Bible says, evil pursueth sinners. When you sin, it's like evil is chasing after you. You say, why is there so much stuff happening? Sowing and reaping, right? Uh, this is, uh, it's, it's a cause and effect. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous, good shall be repaid. If you do good, it's the law. It's the way God made it. There are good 
things that come of it. Uh, and, and it's interesting with this law of sowing and reaping. It's not always, uh, it's not always because you're a Christian either. Uh, the unsaved people could even do good things and experience good results. Uh, but, but there are some really interesting uh, changes when it comes to the Christian. But I want you to see, like, this is the way God set the world up. It's a sowing and reaping world. It's a, it's a cause and effect world. In 2 Corinthians, uh, this, this concept is in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Sow a little, reap a little. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. So you've got this law. It comes out from who you spend time with, you sow and you reap. It's based upon what you give. You, what you sow what you, is what you reap. This concept is all through Scripture, all the way we get to this Galatians chapter 6. And this is where I want to sit. I want to teach through this passage and give you some uh, just basic truths here, some principles, some laws of sowing and reaping. So let's, uh, let's focus our attention back on Galatians chapter 6. The Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Before it gets into teaching about sowing and reaping, the Bible says, Be not deceived. That we, I, I tend to glance over stuff like that when the Bible says be not deceived because I always think for some reason, maybe you're like me sometimes, that you're an exception to the rule. I'm not deceived. That's, oh, that's talking to someone else. Well, when we come and open the Bible just for a second, have an open mind and say, maybe it's talking to me. Maybe I am deceived. Maybe you are deceived. It says be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. That there are people that fool themselves to think like they're an exception to the law of sowing and reaping. That maybe what they sow, they won't reap. And the Bible says, don't fool yourself. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Deceived means to go astray from the truth. Uh, that, that specific word there. The idea is like, hey, you are like believing a lie. That you somehow are an exception to this. And you think that the way God designed things doesn't apply to you. God is not mocked. The idea is like, well, you've heard all the phrases. What goes around comes around, right? You've got this. Uh, this um, uh, let me just get into the first law. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Here's the first law of sowing and reaping. If you summarize it in one word, it's the word same. Same. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. The thing that you put in the ground is the thing that grows. You don't plant corn and get an apple tree. You reap what you sow. It's really basic, but you need to notice what goes around comes around. Um, science people, uh, Sir Isaac Newton and his laws uh, of physics. His third law states that for every action, there is an equal and opposite. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's coming back. God has designed the world to operate with cause and effect. Have you all experienced this before? You experience this every day. You reap what you sow. This is the first law. You, what, what, whatever you reap, if you're going to reap good actions, you're going to sow 
good things back to you. You understand? If you reap uh, negative speech and cursing, uh, you're going to get it coming back to you. You get uh, what you put in. If you sow, uh, then you reap. Uh, yes, thank you very much. You, you, you sow and then you reap. That's how it works. You reap what you sow. Amen. There's a verse, though, that's really interesting. In Romans 9.15, the Bible says, uh, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I say this as a law. You reap the same. The same thing that you sow is what you will reap. I said it correctly that way, Dominic. Um, but it's interesting. Do you always reap what you sow? Eventually. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's a, that's a scripture verse. Sometimes, and this is, this is my, maybe why we feel like we're exception to the rule sometimes, or why we think this doesn't apply to us. Sometimes you may sow, as what we're going to talk about, sow to your flesh, or you may sow some uh, behavior that is sinful, and for whatever reason, you're not seeing a direct consequence to that. You're not seeing a, a direct reaction right now. Sometimes the reason is because God is having mercy on you. Think about that. If you have found yourself sowing, sowing, and sowing, you know what it is. I don't need to get specific. I like passages like this because uh, it doesn't get too specific. The Holy Spirit gets specific when you're, you're thinking and hearing the Scripture. But whatever, whatever has come to your mind, sometimes you sow this thing, this negative behavior, this, uh, this uh, attitude, this thing that you're doing, and you wonder, like, why am I not, why am I not reaping? And in, according to Scripture, sometimes that's because God is showing you mercy. Uh, he's saying, I'm going to withhold that, from, that punishment from you right now. He's given us time, you know. Uh, the whole idea that the Lord's not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's one of His qualities. He sets up the world with sowing and reaping, but sometimes you don't get what you deserve. That's the whole basis of our salvation, right? The idea, the idea is that we deserve hell. We deserve punishment for our sin. We deserve judgment. We, we, we are the enemy of God, but he says, no, no. It's like that, that uh, child that comes home. No, give him the ring. Put on the good clothes. Give him everything that he doesn't deserve. So sometimes you may experience a blessing when you're sowing sin or some other misbehavior and it's, don't, don't think that you're an exception to the rule. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. But realize you may just be experiencing God's mercy or compassion. But the first law is this, you reap what you sow. Don't expect to have a different result than what you are putting out, what you are, what you are sowing. Uh, here, here's my second law. The second law we find in Scripture here is you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Uh, I was interested in this. I like math. Does anybody like math? I like math. I really do. Um, it's fun. Uh, I used to really like math when I got to high school because you could put games on your calculator. Did you guys experience that, anybody? No, that's not why I like math, but I do have fond memories of math. You could play Mario on your calculator. But listen to this math here. Uh, if you plant a kernel of corn... Right, because it's like a seed, a kernel. How much do you reap? How many kernels do you think you're going to get? Any idea? 
Let's just say a kernel produces a stalk, okay? That's what grows out of the, the seed, the stalk of corn. Each stalk is between two and three ears of corn. You know what the ear of corn is? You know, it's like what you eat, the corn on the cob, they call that an ear. Uh, each ear has 800 kernels, approximately 800 kernels. That's interesting to me. So one kernel, one stalk, three ears, each ear, 800 kernels times three ears. One kernel planted equals 2,400 kernels grown with that. This is, this is really important because you should never underestimate a small decision or a small action, negative or positive. Because you plant something small and you're thinking, this is not going to cause me too much trouble. It's just small. It's about to cause you 2,400 times trouble. Okay? You had to think about it that way. You always reap more than what you sow. So one kernel is one stalk, which is three ears, which is 2,400 kernels. Imagine if you take 2,400 kernels and you plant all 2,400 kernels. You get 2,400 more stalks. That's 5,760,000 kernels. You like that. As you go through life, realize whatever you are sowing, when you reap it, it's going to be multiplied back to you, positive and negative. So I have here in your notes, never underestimate a small decision or a small action. Here's something else you need to realize. Never overestimate the blessings in someone's life to be miraculous or an overnight success. Sometimes we look at other people, and it's not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. You know, that's Scripture. Um, but when we look at other people, we think, wow, God is just, just blessing them so amazing. Like, look at their family life, or look at their financial life, or look at this thing. And we, we have this, like, what was the big break that they got? Like, when did they hit the lottery, right? You think, like, wasn't there, was there something that was, like, just a big action that changed it all? And the truth is, it was simply a small action, a small action, and a small action that appears to be an overnight success or appears to be some miraculous blessing. And, and the same thing is true when you think of the negative. You see someone on the news or you hear a family that's breaking up. Or, and this is something we all deal with in our families and in our extended families. And you probably had conversations about stuff like this over Christmas and you will over New Year's as we see people that fail or have just major issues in life and we say, man, how did that happen to them so quickly? It doesn't happen quickly. How, how, does, how does a marriage fail? It doesn't fail in one, it could be that one simple kernel, I suppose, that multiplies, but typically it's small, 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 and those small things multiply. You always plant, you, you sow, but you reap more. Uh, the, the harvest is always greater uh, than what you, what you sow. Does that make sense? You reap the same. You reap what you sow. You reap more. Uh, you reap more than you sow. Uh, here's, here's the next law of sowing and reaping. You reap later. Later than you sow. How long does it take for corn to grow? Does anybody know? Three or four months? Does anyone agree with this? Three or four months? 
Is he a farming genius? Yes, you are. Three three months it is, approximately three months for corn to grow. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know. It does like, it seems to come up overnight sometimes, right? You see like these little tiny corns and then you're driving by and you're like, I can't see what I used to see. There's corn everywhere. And uh, it's like, but it took all this time, but it took three months for the corn to grow. What is the lesson we can learn? The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You, you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, but your reaping comes later. In verse number nine, the, the Bible encourages us, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Here's the lesson. It's like we learned last week. God uses time. It's one of his tools. Time is one of God's tools. And often he just says, you got to wait. You're like, I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing this thing. Um, I'm, I'm being consistent in church. I'm giving. I'm, 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 I'm using my, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm allowing God to tame my tongue. I'm, I'm exercising self-control. Whatever it is, I'm doing these things. And it's like, it's not paying off yet. I'm praying every day. I'm reading my Bible, but it's not yet. Where is the payoff? Like, God, I'm doing all this stuff and nothing's happening. Well, that's because this law of sowing and reaping is you reap later than you sow. It doesn't always pay off right then. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. Sometimes we get tired. Has anyone ever felt tired? It's like, ah. I don't want to do it anymore. And it's hard. I don't want to keep going. This is, uh, there's, um, there's a passage, oh, man, I think it's Psalm 89. I think it's Psalm 89. It's not in my notes, but in Psalm 89, uh, I think it's Psalm 89. Uh, look it up later. This guy named Asaph, he's writing this psalm, and he, he's like all bent out of shape. He says, like, why do the evil have it so good? And he's like, man, it's just, I'm trying to do this thing. And he basically is like looking at people that have it so well, yet they're doing sinful things like, what's happening? Why, why do I have to deal with this? And he gets to the point at the end of the passage, he says, when I considered their end, you know, he, he realized how good he had it, that, that in the end, there is a, a consequence for those that don't know Christ. They spend eternity in hell, right? And uh, he, he said, you know what? It, it's this principle of you reap later than you sow. It, it gets tiring to do right sometimes. It gets, it gets, it wears on you. I mean, how, how many times are you going to pray? How many times are you going to cry? How many times are you going to fight? How many times are you going to stick to that budget? How many times are you going to keep speaking kindly? Are you going to keep showing patience? Are you keep going to ask God for help? He said, he, he realized this. He put it in the Bible. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired. Don't quit. For in due season, we shall reap. Just, maybe you came here tonight just to get a reminder, don't quit. Don't quit. You may like, it, it may, you may be so tired of, from raising your kids, you're like, I, it's not paying off yet. Like, just do what's right and don't quit, okay? You, you may feel like giving up. Don't quit. You can't quit. What, I always think, like, what is the benefit of quitting? What's it going to do? Is it going to make your life better? No, it's not. And trust the promise, and it's that action of faith. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. If you quit early, you're going to miss out on the harvest later. You know, keep sowing, keep planting, and one day, the Bible says in due season, you will reap. The lesson is be patient. Don't quit too soon. 
But also we can take from this on the negative side. Uh, that you, you, maybe God's showing you mercy right now, right? Uh, that, that concept of, hey, I'm, I'm sinning and I, I'm not experiencing consequences. Just wait. Just wait. Seriously. Um, even the idea, you know, when uh, we talked last week about we always want to change somebody else. Man, I have a list of a lot of people I would love to change. Listen, the Bible says vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. That's where I was going with that, okay? The idea is like you want to change people and you want to take it in your own strength and hands. <laughs> and our last law, proportion. You reap in proportion to the amount you sow. Let me explain what that means. If you want more good results, sow more seed. So I really like what God's doing in my life. Why not try a little more? You know, uh, you, you own one field as a farmer, you, you buy two fields, you're going to have twice the harvest, right? You plant two fields, you have twice the harvest. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We read it earlier. But this I say, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and 7, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. The idea is if you sow a little bit, how much are you going to reap? A little bit. A little bit. It's going to be more. It's going to be later. But if somebody sows double than what you sow, well, they're going to reap double. Uh, I, I know people in my life, and I've often looked at them and like, man, they have such great relationships. Look at how everybody, you know, maybe respects this person or they're so well-liked. And do you know why? Because they give double the compliments than I could ever give. Or they give, they, they write double the thank you cards that I ever write. Or they, you know, you got to think about these actions you can sow in, into your life. Or uh, why, why, are their, why are their kids uh, seemingly turning out better? Well, maybe, maybe they prayed with their kids uh, twice as many times as you had. I'm not saying like that's how it always works, but the law of sowing and reaping is that you're going to reap in proportion to what you sow. If you want more, then you need to sow more. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And that's, that's tied into giving. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver." Now, if you're giving and you're saying, oh, God's helping me financially, why not try to give some more? You know, you could give to others. You could give to the church. You give a, a lot of ways. But God says, if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You reap in proportion to the amount that you sow. All right, I want to hop back over to uh, Galatians chapter 6. We've got this law of sowing and reaping. Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We know the laws. We reap what we sow, more than we sow, later than we sow, in proportion to how much we sow. But it gets into some specific things. I, I really want to make application here, because sometimes it is hard to like, okay, I get it, do good things, get good things, do bad things, get bad things. What is the Bible talking about specifically here? For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Um, and it says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This 
particular scripture when it talks about not being deceived. It's talking about a life lived in your own strength and in the sinful works of the flesh versus a life lived in God's strength in the spirit-filled life and God controlling you and God leading you. Let me, let me explain. If you back up, so we're in Galatians chapter 6. I want you to look in Galatians uh, 5, verse number 16. The Bible's here specifically speaking, are you walking in the flesh? Or are you walking in the spirit? Are you, are you living according to the way you want to live and what, you, what feels good to you? Or are you living in the way that, that where you uh, surrender to the Lord? He takes control of your life and you live his way. And you ask the question, how, how do I know what I'm sowing? Because if you sowed your flesh, you reap corruption. That doesn't sound great. Uh, if you sowed your spirit, you reap life everlasting. That sounds wonderful. Um, how do you know what you're sowing to? Look at this. Verse 16, Galatians 5. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Amen. Um, in every one of us, I don't care how old you are or how long you've been a Christian or what church you grew up in or anything like that, if you, if you know the Lord, uh, you have a battle going on inside of you. Uh, it's the flesh versus the spirit. You still have a sinful body. You have sinful flesh. And you have a, a born-again, renewed spirit. And the Bible says that the, the flesh, it, it lusteth against the spirit. It has desires that are contrary. They're in opposite directions. The Bible says your, your flesh, they're, they're warring. They're contrary one to another. So that you can't do the things that you would. Uh, in Romans, Paul, is he, he goes into this tangent kind of. He's, he's speaking. He's like, the things I want to do, I can't do. I don't do. Why, why can't I do them? The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. And he's like, like. Basically, God deliver me from this flesh. And he, he's crying out. It's this lust of the flesh versus uh, the spirit. The Bible says in verse 18, If ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. How do I know what I'm sowing? You have to check the fruit that you're getting. Uh, there's two lists right here in this scripture. Um, I'm not going to explain the whole list. I'm going to, I'm going to read through the list. Uh, but there's two lists. There's one list that's called the, the works of the flesh. It says the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. What it's saying is if you are sowing to your flesh, here's what your life's going to look like. This is the evidence. You're going to see these things. But if you are walking in the Spirit, you're going to see these other things. There's two lists. And really what I want you to do is to evaluate, what does my life look like? What is the fruit that's coming out of my life? Because if you see what, what plants are growing up, if you got corn growing up, you can surely look back and say, hey, they planted some corn here. And the same thing is true with your life. If you see the works of the flesh in your life, you can rest assured you're walking in the flesh. But if you see the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you can rest assured you're, you're walking in the Spirit. Uh, let me read them. Now the works of the flesh, Galatians 5.19, are manifest. They're made visible in your life, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, 
witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. If you want to have a comparison list, we'll get into some of these other ones. This includes when it says variance, the idea is fits of anger. Uh, the, the idea here is um, you, you see these, these things in your life, uh, these negative quali- qualities, envying others, uh, hating others, being angry with others, um, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, impure actions, impure deeds, uh, this, this idolatry, sorcery. Um, many would say that that would include um, drug use, drug addiction, and these things, this uh, pharma, pharmakia, or whatever that word is. The idea is like you see these things in your life, and those are evidences that you are walking in the flesh, which the Bible says, if you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. So take this as kind of an evidence. Uh, it's kind of an evaluation going into the next year. You ought to evaluate right now. You look back over this 2022. Does this list show up? Is this the stuff you're dealing with? not just like once in a while, but like all the time? Because if so, you've been really good at walking in the flesh, doing what you want to do. God does not have control of your life. You have control of your life. Now here's the comparison list. Look in verse uh, 22, Galatians 5, 22. But in comparison, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, they have a quality about them. It says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. If you are allowing the Lord to control you, to lead you, you will have love showing up in your life. You'll have joy. Yeah, that's like, that's like uh, it's not the same as happiness. Happiness is like circumstantial. Joy is when you can be internally happy even though life is kind of not good, Okay. Uh, when things aren't going the way you want them to. God gives us a joy that he's got things under control. Uh, Peace. You know, uh, the ability to make peace. Uh, How how many fights do you get in on a regular basis? How many arguments do you get in? Are you argumentative? Or do you have peace in your life? Self-control deals with your finances, your spending, your eating, your everything. The words you say, you know, that last one is a tough one. Um, I want to end, interestingly enough tonight, with a story. I'm going to read you a book. It's a farming book. You're like, what's going to happen here? Uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite books. I keep this book in my office. I read it to my kids. I read it to myself. And um, I want to read it, and I want to make some application to what we're, what we're dealing with here. Because some of us, I would say probably all of us, when we see the fruit of the Spirit... We get the wrong idea. 
about it. Because we think the fruit of the Spirit is something that we are to work out in our lives. That we, I need to try harder to be more loving. That's just not the case. Or I need to, man, if I could only muster up a little bit more joy. Or if I could only be more peaceful. Or I'm just trying so hard to be gentle, but I just can't. You know, you're like frustrated at not being gentle. You know, you're, and you're like, why can't I make this work? And I think the truth is found in this book. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. You ready? The Big Red Tractor and the Little Village. Once upon a time, in a happy little village, a big red tractor lived in a cozy little shed. Isn't that a nice tractor? Each year, when the snow started to melt, the villagers knew it was time to plow their field. So every morning, they'd go out to the little shed and wake up the big red tractor. They loved the powerful putt-putt kaboom noises he made, and they cheered because the big red tractor helped them with their hardest job, plowing the field. Everyone worked together to move the big red tractor through the field. Half the villagers pushed him, and the other half pulled him. He smiled cheerfully, glad to help, even though they never seemed to move him very far. They're working pretty hard in that picture. The villagers worked very hard, and they always finished plowing the field just in time to plant delicious vegetables and sweet fruit before the rain came. The rain fell from the sky and watered the field. Then the sun came out and made the seeds grow. Finally, the villagers gathered all the food in large baskets. Everyone celebrated. Everyone shared. There was just enough food to feed the whole village. Then, one cold day, something amazing happened. Farmer Dave, that's funny, it's Farmer Dave. We know Dave. Farmer Dave was cleaning out his attic and discovered a book tucked inside an old chest. It explained how the big red tractor had been made. And it showed powerful things no one knew he could do. Some of you are like jumping ahead. Just wait, okay? Farmer Dave stayed up all night reading the book. He couldn't wait to tell everyone what he had discovered. The next morning, Farmer Dave gathered the villagers to tell them the good news. He said, the big red tractor can move on his own. If we fix him, he could plow the entire field in just one day. But nobody believed him. There's no way that tractor can move on his own, they said. It sounds like a fairy tale. They laughed at him and went back to their work. This made Farmer Dave very sad. But Farmer Dave didn't stop believing what he had read. Every night while the villagers were asleep, Farmer Dave stayed up late fixing the big red tractor. Finally, after many nights, Farmer Dave was done. He jumped onto the big red tractor and turned him on, putt, putt, kaboom. He jumped in the driver's seat and had so much fun that he plowed the whole field that very night. The next morning, the villagers woke up to a huge surprise. Their work was done for them. They would not have to spend many weeks pushing and pulling the big red tractor over fields of dirt. And they've got these quotes here. It's a miracle. 
Who did this for us? Look over there. It was Farmer Dave sleeping on the big red tractor. The people shouted happily, Farmer Dave was right. The tractor book is true. That year, the villagers plowed and harvested many fields. They had so much extra food that they were able to share it with people in other villages who needed it. Now cry to children's book. This is good. Just wait. When they visited other villages, Farmer Dave and the Big Red Tractor always took the book with them so they could teach others the wonderful news they learned. The little village kept sharing, and the villagers became known as the most generous people in the world. And here's a newspaper. It says, Little Village Feeds Thousands. It wouldn't have been possible without the owner's manual. That's what the paper says. Did you know that you are like the Big Red Tractor? Interesting. God made you, and He knows just how you work best. He wrote a book full of truth that you can read to help you know how to live too. The Bible tells us that if we try to do things on our own, we won't accomplish much. But if we trust in Jesus, God gives us His Spirit, so we'll have new power. The power to love others and tell them about God. God made us to be a blessing to others. Through the Spirit, we can do great things just like Jesus. And then the writer goes on to say how he you know, wanted this book to teach children about the Holy Spirit. Well, let me explain if you didn't catch the message behind this. We hear a message about sowing and reaping, and often we can already feel tired. We say, how in the world am I supposed to produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, all these things in my life. How do I do it? How do I do what God wants me to do? And the truth is, you don't. It's what God does through you. You're relying on the wrong person the whole time. You think you have to pull the tractor. You think you have to try really hard. But the truth is, you've left out all dependence upon the Holy Spirit to do what He can only do in your life. And this stuff about be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's true. It's a law. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We've got to realize that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so we get into this thing like, okay, I'm going to sow and I'm going to reap. No, no, no. Stop it. Let God sow and reap through you. You say, I can't be gentle. I just can't be gentle. I just can't have peace. You got to say, God, I can't have peace. I need you to show your peace through me. God, I need to love my wife. How do I love my wife? Well, you rely on the Holy Spirit to supernaturally, like the tractor has its own power, work through you to love your wife. It's not you doing the work, it's him doing the work. And it's, it's such a blessing because he will allow you to sow and then you'll see the harvest. Does that make sense? So I don't want you to go into New Year thinking, I've got to work so hard to be a Christian. No, no, you need to rely so hard to be a Christian. You need to trust the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to be a Christian. Does that make sense? All right. Um, I wrote out a simple prayer. I don't even think it's on your paper. Maybe it is. There it is. Lord, control me, lead me, and empower me. It's not I, but Christ that lives in me. And uh, I hope we, we don't deceive ourselves into thinking that 
the law of sowing or reaping doesn't apply to us because it does. But also don't think so heavily. We think so highly of ourselves. I'm a great Christian because I'm so good. No, no. You, the only thing you have is that you have the Holy Spirit that worked through you to accomplish these things. We ought to, when we have blessings or God allows us to, to, to learn kindness and be kind and have a family and love others and do good deeds, we don't say, I'm so awesome. No, we say the Holy Spirit, he worked in me. Thank, thank God for his work in me. That's what we do.